What episode is this, Brian? Uh, number 48. 48. So close to 50. Yeah, we almost made it to a full year. I know. It's pretty uh, pretty intense. And also, like, a lot of our shit's pretty good. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's weird to think, like, one, we had to convince Danny to do this. <laughs> but two, like, I was pretty nervous to ask both of you. Why? You shouldn't have been. I mean, I think it's like any idea that you come up with, you're nervous to like, hey, do you guys want to do this? It's like, is this possible? Well, I mean, I wanted to do it, but just not as a podcast. Well, I think we did an episode like a podcast and it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah, our format just kind of made sense for a podcast. Well, I was just going to be like, I'm selfish and I just want to record it and keep all the ideas for myself. So... That's very fair. Welcome to Can We Save the Cat, your weekly entertainment and writer's room podcast that I apparently always introduce now, where we uh, pitch a few ideas, pick one, develop it into a movie or a TV show over the course of about a half an hour, and then decide whether we want to save it or scratch it. I'm Danny Hanks, director, writer, and announcer of this podcast. I am Brian Hayes, writer, actor, and hater of Danny. I'm just (laughs) Eugene, writer and producer, and just a token ginger. (laughs) <laughs> uh, congratulations, episode 48 We've almost completed an entire year So close Yeah, almost Have we completed. taken any vacations? We haven't Which, Danny, that's a good teaser for an announcement That we're going to make towards the end of this episode Which is really just a teaser for an announcement That we're going to make next week But, uh, no, we haven't taken So any a double breaks. teaser? A double teaser This is a teaser for the teaser later Which is another teaser for the teaser later i'm confused now but anyway i feel so teased good whoa i just found a t-shirt that says choke me like bundy eat me like Dahmer." god what is wrong (laughs) with you (laughs) were you looking for this shirt no it just popped up on facebook that might be a bad sign for you (sighs) it was in a like a memes page okay Mm -hmm. uh I actually have a pitch. I came prepared. You did. I'm proud of you. Which means it may be the worst thing we've ever <laughs> heard before. Well, Justin. I'm with that intro. You got to go first. You got to go first. All right. So my pitch is uh, about a con artist. I'm thinking like TV show, but basically a guy gets screwed over by a con artist. She like takes his money. She marries him. And we follow him chasing her to kind of get revenge. But uh, like Carmen Sandiego thing, like he's always just so close to finding her. And he meets like all of her like leftover exes on the way there, whether it be girls or guys, all kinds of different like situations. And towards the end or whatever, like he catches up to her. And he's in that situation of like he maybe still loves her and thinks maybe she does. And then like as an honest, like is she playing him or is she like really in love with him kind of thing. So yeah, I think it'd be a cool TV show to kind of follow somebody chasing a con artist that he's like, maybe in love with, maybe not. So, You're so right. Worst pitch yet. Really? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> if I were to do that, I would go that she has multiple identities. So he has to track sure. down the different identities and go with like Facebook and stuff anyway. Yeah, she definitely would have to have multiple identities. She's a con artist. Jesus, Danny, get it together. Gosh, okay, I'm I'm not up to date on my conning skills. I gotta work on that. I mean, you couldn't have the, you couldn't be the same person to con that many people. That'd be pretty hard. That's fair. Moving on to the All next right, Yanni. Yanni, me. All right. So my pitch. Do either of you know who Teal Swan is? Okay, basically, there's this woman who is like a wellness guru, mm-hmm. and. People go to her for mental health, even though she doesn't have any qualifications. Mm-hmm. And she like made this online cult. So my idea is like a comedy about like a young woman TikToker uh, who basically goes viral, making up some stupid guru cult shit. 
and goes viral and all of a sudden has this following. So she has to, in order to maintain the following, keep up the appearances of being into all of this super kitschy wellness guru stuff. And then it's all fun and games until somebody dies. And then it's her fault because they die due to the cult and she's involved in all this stuff. And she's like, shit, now I have to figure this out. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Alex Jones. But if Alex Jones were (laughs) a 21 year old TikToker today. Okay. We've done cults before. Pretty good at it. Interesting. All right, everybody. You ready for this? Justin, ever since you said to me last time, that it was almost there, it just needed the right vehicle. I've been thinking about my sports drama, and I've been thinking about the best setting for it. So let me paint a picture for you, okay? The year is 1994. The setting is Los Angeles, California. There is riots, there is crime, there is politics just at an all-time, the world is on edge. And what comes into this world but pogs? And pogs take over for a flash in the pan. And so we will follow a young group of kids going to the pog world championships to win for their city in Southern California. And it is our hard R sports story. With kids. Well, yeah, it's got to be with kids. It is our good boys meets remember the Titans story. Pogs. I had to do a sports story. I had to get the vehicle. I think it's Pogs. And we can go into the history of Pogs. We listened to a podcast about Pogs, so I am all about it right now. A podcast? A podcast. I almost pitched something so similar to this today. <laughs> love it so this i feel like you found it <laughs> oh my gosh all right should we right, vote ready to vote i think we are i'll go first i'll get a start we'll go reverse i'm actually i'm gonna choose justin's i like the idea of like him always being on her tail and i think we could go a little bit scott pilgrim-esque and what i mean by that is like each episode is a different past relationship. And so like the episode could be titled John from high school, you know? And so that episode, he meets John from high school and he's like, that's, and then our tag at the end can be him barely missing her in the present day, but we get flashbacks of them. We get, you know, so it's kind of like a weird version of an anthology almost, but we're following the continuing story of him chasing this woman. So yeah. I'm going to let Justin vote next. I'm voting Brian 100%. It's like Stranger Things meets like... It's like Stranger Things the Pogs. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, should we talk about this thing? I don't know what a Pog is. And so... Okay, okay. Yes. So, so, so Danny, you know what Pokemon is? Yes! I know what Pokemon is. It's basically like it's it's that kind of concept of like a bunch of kids playing a game. I mean, I'm going to be completely... I feel like my brother had some of these growing up. He probably he totally I wouldn't. Did. I wouldn't worry about the actual pog. I, I mean, the storyline is like... I feel like it's just going to be a bunch of coming-of-age story for like a bunch of little teenagers. Like, how do you play pogs? I mean, I don't actually know either how to play. I just had them and we played. I don't really know what the rules were. So, Danny, obviously don't do this now, but I just sent you a podcast that my partner and I listened to, and this is where I kind of got the idea. And the idea would be, like, if you listen to the podcast, there's this guy that brought Pogs over to the U.S. from Hawaii. And so Pogs was like a really old game. Brian, did you just say a guy from Hawaii brought Pogs to the U.S.? Mainland, the mainland U.S., yes. Okay, I was going to say, you know Hawaii's in the U.S., right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but Blossom Galipspo was a teacher in Hawaii who came from Asia, and she basically taught pogs to the students in Hawaii. And then this guy, basically he's the one that like discovered it and brought it over to 
the mainland and it became so big for about a year or two. And so my thing would be that this guy, he's like our kind of main villain of the story almost. And he's like wanting the other team to win. And uh, our, our kids are fighting against that. But yeah, like Justin mentioned, it's like coming of age. So they got to like work together. So, I mean, here's what I, I'm tempted to defer to what Justin wants to do. No, no, you make a decision. Yeah, Danny. Or vote for yourself and we'll do it random. Yeah, vote for yourself and we'll random draw. Fine, I'll vote for myself. If we get Danny's, this is going to suck. This, this is going to suck. suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so I'm going to randomly generate a number, and when we come back, we will have a winner. It is six! Let's go! All right. I I almost had a heart attack that it was going to be Danny's. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is that that me? uh, That's you. Okay, you got so excited. Oh, wait. Oh, I thought it was Pogs. I got got so excited. I assumed it was him, and I was like, I thought I was three and six, but Brian's so happy. But you were just happy it wasn't Danny's. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's even worse, I feel like. Wow. He was so excited just not to have you. Oh, oh my wow. god. I should have just voted Pogs and then taken a backseat. So I got a couple of questions. Are we cool with the idea it's a TV show? I like it as a TV show. Okay, and two, are we cool with it that the Connors is a female? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. In my head, I see it very similar almost to the very broken up version of Scott Pilgrim. Our first episode is... What if we're in a uh, like a home video of their wedding and relationship, and we like zoom out, it's a quick one, and he's just crying on the floor. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, that. this is so happy. Oh, my God, what's wrong with him? And then you don't know if she's dead or not. Like, there's that whole, like, why is he crying? You can, then you can kind of go with the story. Yeah, that's fair. But I think the first one, regardless, is all set up, right? We're setting up our future. And so then we're running through each of the... Uh, partners that she had in the past um just like scott pilgrim i think the first three he should she should probably be either married to or engaged and very similar to what happened to him like he so this is going to be weird but i think we should figure out our end game first which is like one does he ever catch her two did she ever care for him like do they actually have a good relationship see this is where i like this is where i'm torn because like Harvey wants to write it where the audience believes she does care for him, but I still don't know if she does. Like, I want to leave that door open where, like, we could go either way as the story builds. I think what we do is, so I think there have to be at least three main characters. Like, there's this guy, there's maybe his best friend who's in love with him, who goes along with him to do this. And then there's her, who he's chasing. And I think that what could be really interesting is at the end, we kind of leave it open-ended insofar as they have this really tender moment and he thinks she cares for him and she's like, I let you catch me. Like, do you think that I would let somebody find all this out about Lee? Like, I wanted you to find out all about my history so that we could finally be honest with each other and live with each other. And then she does something at the very end that makes us realize that it's all a bigger grift. Because, I mean, season two, you wanted to, like, still thinking, like, what if? Yeah. My initial thought was that he goes to the cops and, like, is explaining to them what happened and everything, and then detectives somehow get involved. And so, basically, he realizes that he still has feelings for her. And he wants to get catch up with her and figure out what the hell happened first and foremost. But at the same time, he's led the cops onto her or the detectives onto her trail. And in doing so, he's having to like outrun the cops. So another. It's, yeah, it's a race to see who gets there first. Yeah, a race to see who gets there first. He's trying to get to her. And so at the end of season one, she's grateful to him that he beat the cops, obviously, to her. But. We still don't know how she feels, like where she lands with him. So my only thing for that is I would assume that if she's a good con artist, she's going to be international. 
And I don't know how many detectives that do international sleuthing. It's kind of like when you cross borders from one country to another, jurisdiction is a little bit dicey. It could be that the cop is so hellbent on finding her that he has a vendetta against her and he is like willing to risk his job and he does lose his job but still trails Fast her whenever she goes international. Plot twist that we find out later, he got conned by her. I think, interestingly enough, a good model for the structure of the season might be to look at a show like 13 Reasons Why where it's basically the same thing. Like, every episode is a different tape and a different person that she's like, yeah. oh, you contributed to my suicide, but it's the same thing. It's just international and all over the place. Yeah, and I like that because I do think we need to get flashbacks to establish their relationship to make us care about them. Like, why is he trying so hard to find her? This is giving me a little bit of, like, Gone Girl vibes as well. Not as dark, but yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see the TV show uh, Prison Break? Yeah. It's just giving me that vibe for some reason. Like, you're trying to get to this point, and we're, like, watching this person go through, like, these steps of kind of getting there. Like, I feel like each episode could be thrilling because they're on, in some way, like, a, a road trip. Yeah. And, like, as the audience, you don't really know. You're following these, like, random breadcrumbs that take you. Let's say it takes you to Kansas. Let's say one episode takes you to Pennsylvania. And, like, he's got to come from money a little bit. And I think that, I mean. I also don't know that she's marrying all these people. Because that's a lot. Well, otherwise, how well, that's do you how you get all the money. It's like she marries them. She can like she has access to all the accounts and stuff that can drain the accounts as an, as the wife. Hmm. Let's say she's had five marriages and she's like thirty eight. But there could be other cons that she pulls on. Correct. Okay, okay. 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 In my mind, there was only three: his, another guy, and then a girl. Okay. That's about as far as I got in my head. Okay. Like, what are cons other than marrying somebody? She could have killed someone for their insurance money. Yeah, but I, I just feel like you do that as a team, probably. I feel like this. I feel like yeah, and that, and I also feel like that's too drama. Yeah, I think uh, there are definitely some things where like she was a secretary and like conned a guy into like getting his codes, or you know, conned him into like buying her jewelry. They don't have to like fully be sugar daddy situation. Like she could have conned a guy into like giving her something, and she like took and sold it. Yeah, but yeah, I think there's definitely a couple of marriages. Um, so Brian, when you said you wanted to have it like Scott Pilgrim, do you want to cut the same way with like the cartoons and the animation? Okay. So just kind of like the idea of like each episode is a title, an X. Yeah. And it's, it's the story of their relationship intercut with the story of our main character's relationship intercut with their current chase. What if we did a la 13 reasons why, right? Basically, this girl killed herself. She made 13 tapes as to people who did horrible things to her, which is why she killed herself. And Clay is like the 13th tape and he's getting it last. And they were really good friends. So he's like, I don't understand why I'm in this list at all, but you have to listen to them chronologically. So what if this person that she conned was like, as this guy is going through and meeting all these other people that she's conned, he kind of realizes like they're all really trash people who sort of deserved it and it's kind of like well why me right and then we have some kind of reveal or some flip so i want to play out that a little what if each episode we think the person's trash until the end of the episode and we realize like we like them by the end like there's you find they're not as douchey as they first started to be yeah and, and that's where we start to figure out like maybe this guy was a little bit douchebag too but like everybody has like Something that makes him like a decent person. Or is that too PG-13? So what I would say is, I think if we wanted to play off of that, is that they used to be douchebags, but people change, right? So it's like maybe they did something shitty in their past, but now they're a good person. And so it's more like people are complicated. People are not all good or all bad. And so then we're left as an audience starting to think like, well, was their relationship really as rosy as this guy is portraying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the ultimate thing is like, I mean, it's all love is blind, right? He probably didn't know, realize how, what he was doing or what she was doing. Like, there's little things he'll start catching when you see flashbacks of like what, when they're talking about what happened. But I think it'd be funny to have like one of them be like, I think I'm still in love with her. And he like wants to go with him. Yeah, sure. just follows him along. And he's the one who maybe causes like the hijinks at the end where like she gets away and he's like, fuck. 
he thinks he's in love with her that he gets ahead of him he finds her and he warns her and like whatever she gets away and like he has her in the grass but i mean that's the carmen san thing is like he's always just right there and some reason she gets away and like one of the episodes could be because one of the people is still in love with her yeah i like that um i also like that not every episode has to be like him working to find her we can have those moments where he has to do something for somebody else to get the information that he needs to then be able to find her or he needs her old apartment number because he somebody told him that she was there and so he kind of has like a side quest almost like that's the way i'm looking at it kind of like a a video game is that she is the main quest is finding her and the side quest each episode is like a side quest yeah in order to get to her. So how many episodes do yeah. we feel like is in a season? I'm thinking eight hour longs. Same. Yeah. So, I mean, let's figure out those eight. Okay. So let's say episode one, the friend who's in love. Right. It's him and the friend gets him out of his like slump of like depression or whatever it is he's in because it ha- just happened. And at the end, he, like, flips the switch and is like, I'm going to go find her. And then she just jumps on board. Like, that was not her plan to get him to do that. So I think one thing that would be really fun to play with is if we have, like, the opening where he's crying. The inciting incident is, so she's already left. And let's say that he's kind of, he may have a lot of money, but he's not really managing it well. And the friend is the one who realizes, like, dude, she's stealing all your money. And, like, she took all this money from you. And he's like, what? I don't understand. And so it's the friend trying to convince him, like, no, she's actually a terrible person. And, like, pulling in people from their life. And he's still not convinced. And so the entire journey is basically, it's kind of her journey trying to convince him to not love her. And it's his journey to try to convince his friend and himself that she's not as bad as people are painting her to be. What if we finish the episode with a videotape from her saying, like, this all happened, you were great, don't try to find me, see ya. I actually think, okay, so we do all of what Danny said. He is literally on the verge of forgetting about her and, like, just suing or, or, you know, hiring somebody to track her down or something like that and get his money back or whatever the case may be. He's, like, right there about to make the call to do that when he gets a phone call from a number he doesn't recognize it's her and she basically explains to him like you won't find me i'm a step ahead of you i'm sorry this is the way it's got to be but we're, we're done and this is it and then that's whenever he gets like a kind of a fuck you mentality and he hangs up the phone he goes out to the living room where his best friend and it's like i'm going after her and that's like the end of the episode so I hear I think this is what we play with. If like our A plot is him trying to convince himself and his best friend that she's not as bad as everybody thinks, the B plot is her trying to convince him that she is bad, right? Sure. And then like part of that and part of the C plot, I mean we'd need more physical things for this manifestation is her doing her own sleuthing. So I think what happens is she's actually the one that finds the link to like oh my god all of these profiles look like they're the same person. I tracked this photo on Google and it shows up on this other Facebook profile and she reaches out to someone from this woman's past or she like reaches out to the old Facebook You're talking about the best friend? Like, the best friend. Okay, okay. The best okay. friend reaches out to the old girlfriend's Facebook profile and then the call at the end is the old girlfriend calls him and is suddenly, you know, this entire time he's been in love with her trying to convince the best friend that she's amazing, blah, blah, blah. She's like, ice cold and she's like i heard that you reached out to so and so don't look for me and that's what tricks him to do it because he's like never seen this side of her before um and he thinks that when she calls that he's going to try to get her back because they're probably having some kind of communication because she's like just trailing him along as she gets out of the country i don't think she trails him along i think he's like doesn't understand why and he's just like stewing and like i don't understand Yeah, and I think it's a combination of, like, all their friends are like, no, she was great. You just have to give her time, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, when she calls, she's cold to him because of what the best friend has done. And so it's kind of that conflict there where it's like, well, 
we wouldn't be having this conflict if it wasn't for you, best friend who's in love with me. But also best friend is like, are you shitting me? Like you're pissed at me. Look, she literally stole a bunch of money from you. Yeah. So they're both on this journey kind of for different reasons. Like he's trying to get her back and the best friend is trying to get him over her. And together they're on this crusade. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And so episode two he goes to the friend that she found that yeah. they think, you know, tipped her off to it. And that friend so I is wonder, like, I wonder if the first thing could be like, but what about her best friend, Kayla, who was from Minneapolis and they grew up together? Oh, yeah, she showed up at our wedding and like we could go see her go to see Kayla in Minneapolis. She's like, she didn't grow up here. Mm. And so then it's like the lies start to unravel slowly but surely. So I think like, yeah, I think the first is going to be like a friend, maybe from college. Turns out like it is a friend from college. But he, it's got to be one that he has met through her previously. Yeah. So I think it's like yeah. someone that came to the wedding. Yeah. And that friend points him in the direction of a lover. Yeah. That friend points him in the direction of a Not lover. Not intentionally though. Like Yeah. Like when we were in college, she was kind of dating this guy. No, I don't. I think it's even more discreet. It's more like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she went to this college, and he goes to college, and then he finds a lover through, like, the picture of her. Professors know who she was. Yeah, so I guess, is each episode, did she have a different identity back then? For sure. I don't think each episode's a different identity, but I do think she has, like, let's say she has, like, four or five over, you know, the course of it. I think there's definitely an episode where, like, she has... A different accent, a different name, like she's from a different country. Yeah. And I think you get so much fun with it, with the flashbacks, like her playing, like yeah. his characters, basically. Oh, yeah. And we can get like Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Okay. So basically, we have his episode that's the start of the whole season. We have friend from college who leads them to a jilted lover who leads them to... Episode four, I think that person threw all Maybe the things... Maybe a boss or something? I, th- I feel like it's got to be something with, like, money or something they talked... Like, some kind of clue is there, right? So that clue, having the conversation, meeting the friend, like, she always talked about this, or she, like... Yeah, she, so it's... She was a painter, she was, like, a sports person, like, something something she did as a hobby, like, creates a link. What if it's friend, jilted lover, workplace? Like, she conned a small business yeah, out sure. of a bunch of money, because the lover would have known where she used to work. So then we have the friend, college friend, lover, workplace. I think then it's probably another lover. For sure. That's yeah. the woman. Um, so now we have five episodes, three more. So how about this? She cons a, uh, a car dealership. And the yeah. next lover is, is someone that owns a car dealership or like a car salesman. Like that's where she got the, the information from. Mm. Oh, like how to con the car dealership. Correct. Yeah. And that's okay. the link there. And like she... Or like is a mechanic or whatever. So I Something think, like that. I think episode six is when you do your hometown one like he actually finds her hometown and he goes back and that's where he's like looking through high school photos and stuff like that to try and like piece together he doesn't really gain any information other than like knowing i mean he could get something at the very end i mean i'm tempted to say that that's episode seven but maybe that's just me but what were you thinking for episode seven well i think he gets like to Justin's point, the friend that's still in love with her, that's like he meets at the end of episode six, and that could be the final like lover. And then episode seven, they meet up, and the episode seven person's like, I've been looking for her as well. And then uh episode eight, they think that they it's like they've caught up to her and they think they've got her cornered, basically. I think in episode seven and eight, you could almost have it like Mid episode seven, episode eight, she's like starting to con somebody else. Oh, oh I like that. yeah, yeah. I, okay, so I would say, and they basically go in and ruin it in different ways. Honestly, I would probably say like episode six, maybe that's the hometown lover, and then episode seven, I would say, is her family. Because hmm. I think at some point you have to find the family. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I think that's episode six is because I think he goes to the hometown and I don't even think he, he doesn't even have to find a family member. I just think he has to like look at her past basically because he's thinking this whole time, 
to figure out where she is and what she's doing now, he has to look at the past, right? He has to put together the trail of like where she came from and everything so he can figure out where she is. When in reality, what he learns is at the end of episode seven or with the help from the final other lover, he learns that everything that she does, she uses her previous experiences on, right? So like the car dealership, she uses to take advantage of the next person who like is into cars or something like that. And so she's like using stepping stones. And so maybe he's a software engineer. And so they go to Silicon Valley in episode eight and because that's where they think that she's set up to try and, you know, do her next con. Yeah, I really like that. I also really like that. I feel like in episode seven, if it's going to be like a high school sweetheart, Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be like the first person that she ever conned. And there's got to be something right. special about that. And that like episode seven's got to be a breaking point in some way in that maybe he had a skill that she never used to con anybody or he was really into electronics, but never became a software engineer. And then this guy is a software engineer. And it's like, oh, that's why she came after me because she's revisiting mm. and trying to figure out how to finish out this con that she dreamed of as a teenager, but never got to pull through because she was a kid. Mm. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I almost like that. Yeah, because it, it has to be something something in episode seven that actually the first person taught her that's helping her now. Because otherwise, why do we go through all the other episodes to go all the way back to the past? Yeah. To get back to the future. So it has to be something in seven that this older person has information. Oh, what if... What if he was, like, her teacher? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think that would, yeah. And I think it would kind of make sense, too, right? It would tell you more about the character, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, some of the things, obviously, like, she has a dark past. And also, if we really want to play her as, you know, just pathologically fucked up, you could have it be that this teacher, like, gave her a bad grade or something. And so her first con was getting the teacher kicked out of the school. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I figured you would do. I was thinking more along the lines of, and I don't know how you would spin it into a con, but he basically manipulated her in a way. And mm-hmm. so it's more of like a revenge against that type of... Or he manipulated her mom. And she got revenge on him for that. So, you know what I might like is that he manipulated her and she learned how to manipulate from him. Right. And so that's really the key to seven. Like, all of the other people so far have been complicated. Like, they've been kind of shitty, but also everybody's complicated. And this is the first person where he meets this teacher and is like, oh, this is kind of what she's modeled this after is this person who's an absolute shit human being and like is pathological and is really manipulative and something about the way that he talks about either interacting with people or something that he taught her when she was younger, all this stuff leads him to find her and try to basically talk her out of conning. I dig it. Yeah. I think that's it. Cool. I guess who's she conning now? I think that's the question that we need to answer because if she did love him, who she cons next is going to be very different. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be silly, maybe. But I think something in the first call that he gets from her at the end of the first episode says something like, maybe he is a software engineer that created a program that is, you know, Free to use or something like that. Like a, I'm thinking like Napster almost, right? She mentioned something that like, I'll never find another you or something phrasing weird like that. Yeah. And he realizes that like, she's going after somebody that basically is him, but is making money off of it or something weird like that. Oh, so like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So maybe she didn't actually steal a lot of his money, but what she stole was like, the skill and the knowledge from him. Yeah. And that was the con. Yeah, De- definitely got to steal the money. Well, I think... Like some money, but I don't think he's like rich, rich. The big thing for him is, I think what he realizes is she's never really gone after 
personal possessions per se. He realizes over the course of this that she's basically just duping these people for long periods of time, like basically treating them like relationships, but where she has no no attachment to them. And it's all setting up for this big job, quote unquote. And that's what she's been slowly working on the last, you know, 15 years or whatever. See, I think season two, you find out the money she's been stealing and the way she's been hurting them is not necessarily directly them, but something their family or something like they've done in their past to kind of like the money they've gotten is they got in a fucked up way. And he's one of the one few ones where she found it like, oh, he didn't know his family got the money this way, but I still need to take the money from this family. Mm. And season two, we find out she's not as big of a villain as we thought she was. She has a purpose for it. You know, that's for me, that was so, season two. Here's what I would do is I would have the same thing be like everybody else is kind of a shitty person except for him. And they like they've gotten their stuff by cheating and stealing and lying. And she's kind of giving them a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. But he's like, but I'm a good person. Like, why is this happening to me? And then the cliffhanger of season one is is basically like she's like i bet you're wondering same thing in 13 reasons why i bet you're wondering why you're on this tape like i bet you're wondering why it was you well look at your family there are some skeletons in your closet like you've been doing all this research on me little did you know i did all this research on you yeah and then the second season it's like him looking into his side of stuff yeah i think whatever her current con is for some reason something that's coming up for me is um so I used to date this person who did programming and sometimes he would pull up like programming challenges that are more just like brain teasers. But in it, like I could see if I did those with him for like every night, I would start to actually learn how to program. So I wonder if that was like a thing that they did. And then part of the reason how he finds where she is now is because of this program that she wrote and the way that she wrote it. And then she is using his hacking, but it's for like a bigger purpose. Like she's trying to get the money to someone else. Mm, yeah, I think th- I think the money's for her. But again, it's not until this final. I don't think she's just stealing money from everybody. I th- I think what's more what Danny said. She's stealing like the skill and the knowledge to kind of like slowly quote unquote work her way up the food chain. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's good. And I think it's eventually to get money, but not right now. I just think you need money. Well, you she's gonna take money. money from them because they're, they're, not like, necessarily, she's, they're not all millionaires. She's she's yeah. waiting to get all the skills to take it from a millionaire. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, okay. maybe she's like, I, I, I took what I needed, but I'm not gonna like wipe you out. You know, she's like, I cared about you. I John. think I definitely, I, I definitely think she wipes them out. Maybe she wiped everybody else out except for him. Sure, and she like wiped okay. out most of his money, but left him some stuff, and that's that's kind of his. That's his juice to keep going is like yeah. as he starts to learn that all of these other people were completely wiped clean. He's like, but she left me like a third of my assets. Like she wouldn't do that unless she cared about me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I can get down that path. And I guess this is a question for uh, for the writer's room and for the actress. But like, did she love him? And I think that's I think that's where like I want to be if, in, the, in that writer's room. I want to be there like on episode seven still thinking like. Okay, we have two endings. Which one do we feel like? I don't even think yeah. you know until you're leading up to your series finale. You know, well, that's the thing is, I don't think I don't think the audience knows, but I think it's from like episode one something the writers need. Oh, to know. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm that's why I'm asking the writers' room. I don't know. Um, maybe we just leave it as a cliffhanger and don't answer that. No, chat. Can we save the cat? What do you think? I think I think you save that answer for the end of the season where you're like, okay, like. As we wrote this, how do we? Which way do we feel like she's leaning? I don't know if you could find. I don't know if you could know that in episode one. I could. I think she does. I think she loves him. However, she doesn't know that she loves him because she's never actually tried to experience true love. All the love that she's felt is artificial, so she doesn't know. Yeah, and calculated. She doesn't know that she felt love for him until she realized. Comes and finds her. Exactly, because it's like the he tracked her down. He cares. He made the effort. On the flip side, do we want the best friend to like fall in love with him? I mean, I think she's in love with him, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like Scott Pilgrim. Knives is in love with Scott, but Scott's in love with Ramona, and... 
Yeah. At the end, Knives acknowledges this and is like, go get her. Like, what are you doing talking to me? Go get her. Yeah, I like that. I think I think there's definitely we want it to happen. Yeah. But like he's going to make the shitty choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we got it. I think so. Yeah. That was pretty smooth. It took it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it took a little bit, but yeah, we we got there. But we got there. I didn't think there was a many, that many circles in compared to the last couple of episodes of circling around each other. Well, that's fair. All right, uh, Danny's gonna leave us and go to the log line. Uh, when she comes back, she'll pitch it, and we'll go around the room to decide if we're gonna save the cat or scratch it. All right, Danny, we'll see you in a bit. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder, as always, that these podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. These ideas are fresh, new, and sometimes submitted by you. Anything said is not meant to infringe on the copyright of any existing work of art, and everything is thought of during this show without any previous influence. If it sounds like something you've already seen or heard, what can I say? That's Hollywood, all out of fresh ideas. Thanks, and enjoy. And we're back. Danny's going to pitch us this entire log line. We're going to go around the room. Who knows where we'll start, but I know we're in with me. All right, Danny, show us what you got. No pressure. Conditional Love is a one-hour mystery dramedy series where a love-struck man goes on an international search for his ex-wife, a con artist who stole his money and broke his heart. Every episode, with the help of his quirky best friend, he meets a victim she's conned before. Will learning her past help him reach her in the present? That was beautiful, Danny. You know what? I save it. Uh, I think it's super interesting. I like the idea of kind of piecing the puzzle together. You know, another link in the chain as they go along this journey and just really finding what they need to succeed and... I like the mystery that we create. I like the the drama surrounding it. So yeah, I definitely save it. Uh, I think it's a fun show. Definitely feels more kind of Chandra rhymes to me than anything else. More than like Thirteen Reasons Why kind of a thing. I think this could be like uh, a fun um, Shondaland kind of production. So I, I dig it. Yeah, I'm in. I save it. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I think that we really kind of banged this one out and I could see it happening. I think we we missed something here not using the title divorce consultation. But I'm just going to continue to look at words with con in them and uh, see what I can do. But no, I save it. Um, I think the title needs some work, but uh, I really like it. Uh, I'll agree with that. I'll allow that. Whoa. Um, you know what I hate about this? I can't watch it. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. No, it's one of these ones where, like, I think we did it. I think it was pretty smooth. I know figuring out the title was a bit of an issue for us, but it was pretty smooth. It seemed like we're all on the same page. And it's one of the few ones where, like, I'm leaving right now and I'm like, I could go watch this now because it'd be interesting to find out what happens. Yeah. It feels like a show that could fit on any network, too. It doesn't feel like it needs to be, has to be somewhere. Like, I feel like you could put a big name in it. I feel like you could put, like, you know, like, unknown actors in it. You could put it on TBS. You could put it on USA. Whatever you want. It's not necessarily a, uh, it doesn't fit, like, a, a, a dark or, like, over-comedy spectrum. So, that's pretty nice. There we go. Uh, I, I definitely like it. Uh, I think it's one, I agree with you. It's easy. I wish we could watch it right now. Yeah. I feel like it's a show, like, if I had, like, the, the pool or whatever, I could pitch it. I'm pretty sure you could get a pilot for this. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, well, speaking of wanting to watch it right now, Danny, what is something that you actually have been watching right now? Well, as some of you may know, I've been directing a web series that is a zombie apocalypse type deal. It's called Dead Enders. It's season two. Um, so I have been watching a lot of zombie fare. And uh, what I watched most recently was Zombieland. I actually hadn't seen it before. And as far as zombie comedy, it's pretty good. I mean, my favorite, still Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. but Zombieland, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. So that's what I watched this week. Zombieland's pretty decent, pretty decent. Uh, I definitely lean towards Warm Bodies or, I mean, I Shaun of the Dead is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So like, it's oh, really sure. tough to compete with that. But 
yeah, Warm Bodies is really cute. It, it it's definitely more of a rom com than anything else, but it was it, it worked for me. I liked it. Justin, what are you watching? Uh, I watched the Bo Burnham uh, new comedy special. Bless you, child. Um, I need to watch it. I fell asleep twice during it, so that's how good it was to me. I hate you. But then again, like he's always kind of been like that with me. Like I never like all this stuff, but like some of it's good. Uh, so I would say overall, like I mean, I was super impressed with like what he put together. But like some of it was boring for me. Some of it was funny. Some of it was just okay. I will say this: if you watched it and you said it's not the funniest thing I've ever seen, I get that. Because I don't think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I don't even think it's top 100 funniest thing I've ever seen. The first song was good. Uh, there, I'm looking back. This is a lot of walk back from last week. No, it's just, not. I just want to point it out. No, it's not. I point it out. Because I still think, I never said it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I said it's one of the most powerful things I've seen in the last few years, which I still adhere to. I think for somebody that suffers with mental health issues and depression and things like that, it really struck a chord with me what this pandemic year did and seeing the toll that that took on him while still trying to put himself out there uh, for the special and then still doing everything on his own. I thought it was one of the best pieces of art of the last few years. I don't necessarily think it's the funniest piece of art of the last few years. Okay. Okay. Didn't think it was super powerful, but I did understand what he was doing. To each their own. Yeah. I agree. You also probably wouldn't think Zootopia is super powerful. It's very possible. Yeah. And you'd be wrong. For shizzle. For shizzle. Well, I uh, I started watching, I'm a little late to the party, but I started watching the Netflix show Shadow and Bone. It's like a fantasy kind of kind of like the netflix ya version of game of thrones and it's really interesting at some points and at other points i'm just kind of like kind of over it but uh started watching that and i started watching invincible on amazon it's a an animated show based off of the robert kirkman graphic novel robert kirkman's the writer of the walking dead and uh invincible i mean the voice cast on invincible is stupid insane but um you know invincible's a weird one because it's one of those shows that everybody's like oh you just got to get to the last episode of the season you know we joke about like game of thrones and breaking bad they're like you just got to watch the first two seasons before it gets really good uh invincible apparently is that way like it's very kind of slow and kind of tedious up until the last episode and it and it kicks it into high gear, and I just don't know that I have the patience for that anymore. Totally fair. I That's... am Justin Eugene. All right. <laughs> we have three saves. Why don't you do that again, Ryan, Danny? take it away. <laughs> wow. All right. We have three saves for Conditional Love, which I really wish we had named, like, Divorce Consultation... I liked the Marriage trust consultation. fund. You just well, trust fund sounds like an inheritance thing. Well, that's fair. But the trust. Right, anyway, we're still working on a name. If you have a name, you can either message me at official Danny Hanks on Instagram or at Danny underscore Hanks on Twitter to give us a name for this awesome series that we now need to write, or you can message us at Can We Save Pod or at Can We Save Podcast on TikTok. Um, at Justin Eugene, yo. On all the big socials. You can find me at Redacted on Instagram and Twitter. Listen, before we go real quick, I did want to sort of go ahead and get this out there and let people begin to, uh, you know, mentally prepare and, and heal and just whatever they need to do during this time for themselves. Treat yourself during this tough time. You know, when, when we started this podcast, it was three people working their way in this tough business and, and doing it during the pandemic. And we all have day jobs. We all have busy schedules, but we also all have goals and things that we want to accomplish in this industry. And what we realized is that 
we're not the only ones. And we have been so lucky and so fortunate to share our episodes with you all and others who have been able to come on and pitch their ideas and given us their stories to work on. And here we are, episode 48 in the books, and we feel that we have set out to accomplish exactly what we wanted to do. We created a weekly writer's room where ideas come from nothing, and we start working to bring those into fruition. And I know, you know, we are. From the people that we've had on this podcast to us in this podcast, we are taking these ideas and we're beginning to turn them into real things. And we never thought that we would make it to episode 8 or 48. And we're so proud of what we've been able to accomplish. So to keep a very long, long story short, uh, we've decided to sort of change things up going forward. And with that in mind, episode 50 is going to be the last episode following the format as it is today. We do plan on continuing in some capacity, and we want to show you more of what it's like to be in an actual writer's room. Like I said, there's going to be a lot more on this to come next week, but I just want you to know that for the next two weeks, we're planning to send this out with a bang, and we have some super fun things planned for all of it. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. And then we have some fun things planned for our year, which is actually insane to say that it's been almost a year. We are four episodes away from a year. So we're, we're going to be posting about these changes. We're going to be posting about what you can expect over the next few weeks. And um, yeah, just want to say that we love you all so much and thank you for the support. And I can't. I can't wait for you to see where we continue to go from here. So again, thank you all for supporting the podcast and we look forward to two more of this format, I guess. I love you all equally. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening and uh, give us five stars if you want to hear more. I mean, we're going to be back regardless, whether you like us or not. We'll be here. Give us one star. It's always good to know. If you love us, show us some love and tell your friends about us. I do give a fuck. I actually care a little. Yeah, I do care a little. <laughs> Just give us like, I don't know, th- our half stars a thing? I give five stars a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Can We Save the Cat. Thank you guys. See you next week. Thank you all so much. And we're canceled. <laughs> Have a great day.